I'm going to say a few words before we get to the actual moment of confirmation. I'll show you, though, not to spoil all the secrets, but mask off. Don't do that. I have instructions for them. But this one you can do. Stop and breathe. And finally, smile. You can see it in your eyes. You can take those instructions with you after, uh, except for the mask off, unless you're eating. Um, At the end of the service today, the confirmands are going to give you the benediction from Jude chapter 1, verses 24 and 25, which reads like this. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. That verse tells us a number of things, but most importantly, right at the beginning, reminds us that God is able. Anybody in the house believe that today? God is able to do what? It's pretty simple in the verse. It says to keep you from stumbling and to present you as an unblemished or faultless offering. When it says to keep you from stumbling, what that means is to not allow you to actually trip into sin, to not allow you to walk away from God. That is to keep you from stumbling. Some of your translations even have falling down. It's the same thing it means. The other thing is to present you as an unblemished or faultless offering. The call of the Old Testament all the way through to the New is be holy because I am holy. That's what God is calling us to be and to become. Of course, the law reminds us on a regular basis that we cannot be holy. We're going to fail. We're going to fall. We're going to stumble. And yet God is able because Jesus is the faultless lamb that makes us holy to make us holy. We will stumble without God. We will fall down. We will walk away without him. And we cannot be a faultless or unblemished lamb in his presence offering unless Jesus makes us so. God is able. And God is able to make you and I a part of his story. That's the testimony we hear this morning. There are a lot of things that we can trip over in this life. A lot of things that wound us and blemish us and make us anything but faultless before God. A lot of things that mark us as unholy. And we can have various reactions to those things that come at us in this life. One is we can have the sort of the grit to say, I want to fix everything that's wrong in me and my life and in the world, and I want to fix it now. That's actually a good positive attitude. We want that kind of an attitude within us. The other uh, end of the spectrum is that when those things are launched at us in this life, when we feel unholy and far from God, we can believe that it is too far gone. The world is too far gone. I'm too far gone. It's beyond redemption and repair. The truth of the matter is, fellow human beings, God is able to fix the problems. They're God-sized problems. We humans cannot fix them ourselves. We will stumble without God. We will get blemished. It is only the unblemished lamb and the faultless lamb, Jesus Christ, God's gift to us that can draw us back and make us holy. This past year, as was referenced in a couple of the papers, um, we faced a lot of brokenness. Even this week brought back Uh, much of that brokenness to many parts of, I know, our denomination in this country. This past year has had a lot of brokenness and difficult moments. 
a lot of hardship, a lot of chances for us to see those blemishes and to stumble. Our middle schoolers, particularly if we look at their lives and the world that they live in, day in and day out, they face brokenness with regularity. It's in full form all around them. Anxiety and hopelessness, detachment from anything eternal, which makes them live only in the now and become more hopeless. They face life and death issues with regularity. And identity issues, of course, are in their face all the time. All of this constantly bombarding them. God is able to fix those things. God is able to be, fix those things beginning with you and with me. Jesus is the unblemished, never stumbling, perfect offering, the perfect human specimen. If you ever ask the question to somebody else, what do you want to be when you grow up? Or people ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? We could just change one word in that. Many of us are searching for that. But who should you be when you grow up? Jesus, actually, is who you should be. You can't be him specifically, but Jesus shows us what is possible. Jesus provides the only way to get to the solutions of the problems in this life. And today, these students confirm that path for their lives, that conviction that God is able to transform their lives even when the world is blemished and throwing things at them that say that they are broken and should remain that way. That there are other paths to salvation, that there are other ways to God when there aren't. Today, they confirm that Jesus is the only answer to sin, injustice, and brokenness. Today, they confirm that Jesus is the only path to life abundant and as it was originally intended. Today, they confirm their conviction that they are part of Jesus Christ's church, the body of believers, the family of God, the bride of Christ. So the question then gets sent back to you and me, body of believers, family of God, bride of Christ. Church, how do we help them walk? As disciples of Jesus Christ, how do we help them learn to use their gifts to expand the kingdom of God and become like Jesus? God is able, absolutely, but he calls us to be disciple makers. We think of the world that we all exist in, but we'll use particularly this age group. We can use middle schoolers, high schoolers, and underneath that, just think children and youth. In many ways, the way that the church is supposed to function is as if we have sort of rough-hewn stones that are in a mountain stream that over time and over the shaping of God's word and the community of believers, we smooth out the rough edges and get a smooth stone. But imagine, if you will, that when they enter into the, the world out there, and of course we are part of the real world, let's not uh, assume we're not, but they end up on a beach with the waves washing over them and over time, if we're not careful, they just get buried underneath it. The world around them is telling them a different message about the way life should work, about the way where God's place is in that and where their place is. And church, our job is to make sure that they don't sink beneath the waves and the sand, but rise up and show the world what the kingdom really is. Having heard the testimonies of what God is up to in these young lives, how will you and I come alongside and be a crucial part of shaping these young disciples 
to become more like Jesus and expand his kingdom together with us. That's the challenge today to us.